Here we go. What's up? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right, cool. Sometimes I got to make sure this microphone is working because if it's not working, I'm just talking. And I got asthma, so I don't like to waste my breath. So, uh, we make sure we talk. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I don't know. How was your day? Um, Great. Because I got a lot accomplished. So. Were those five minutes of uh, countdown tedious with that little music on there? No. Oh, okay, good. I thought I saw you bopping a little bit over there. I wasn't sure if you were. I'll do the music when I can. Oh, okay, cool. Making sure it had the right spirit on it and everything. Hello, Vanessa. Hello, Kedra. Hello, Tamika. How are y'all doing? Listen, if you're listening right now, let's we get ready to get this conversation started. We, uh, I think uh, Lakeisha and I both have been on the tiptoes of anticipation, ready, uh, waiting for tonight. And uh, we're here now. So Ooh. we're going to have this conversation. Do two things. Number one, let me know where you're listening from. And number two, share the thread. Let's get this conversation going. While we're conversing here, I want y'all to be conversing there. We can share ideas and uh, we can keep it moving. What's up? Delaware. Oh, Lord, I don't think I've ever had anyone listen from Delaware. Yeah, that's Tamika Hall. That's my girl. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. You see my roast I made me? You see my uh, roast I made today? I saw it and tagged me. And it, I, I don't know if we've had the conversation that I don't you're, eat red meat. So it's oh, okay, my fault. I said the one I made. I didn't say made for you. No, <laughs> but I said it. <laughs> I got you. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, we haven't had that conversation. Yeah, it, it looks good. It looked good. All right. Texas in the house. Delaware in the house. Uh, we have, yeah, y'all just keep tag, uh, listening, like I said, and sharing and all those types yeah. of things. And we're going to get this. But before we get started. I need to share something with you, Lakeisha. I almost, uh, I almost beat somebody up about you the other day. Okay. Somebody that, somebody that's totally insignificant that doesn't matter, uh, any of those types of things. But you know, we were, uh, we were talking about the show, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, when we got what's what marriage material is and all those types of things and how we share our different. How uh, Miss uh, S- uh, Sazzy Patricia, uh, Yvonne. Uh, I was telling about the show, you know, and how and uh, how how things were going and the feedback we were getting. And I even showed them a couple of the reels, you know, and I showed mm-hmm. them some of your reels. And I think the one that I showed specifically was how you how you talked about your marriage being an assignment. OK. Uh, and that, you know, that uh, you you, uh, you know, because we even asked the question, uh, well, we're going we're going to really deal with it soon. But you even asked the question, you know, who would you know, who would go and marry Gomer? You know what I'm saying? And And for you. You chose your husband. Well, God chose your husband. Let me clarify that. God chose your husband while he was while he was sick. He was born with sickle cell, only made a certain amount of money a month, all those things. But you knew that was your husband. And so when I when I shared that, I'm like, this is powerful. This sister, you know, she wasn't shallow. You know, she didn't didn't have this list that she wouldn't go against the rules. You know, man, this is powerful. Man, he said she was so selfish. I said selfish. He He said, said, I was selfish. He said, why would you marry someone you knew was sick? And conceive kids. That's what he said. He thought that was selfish. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I, I I literally I was. Wow. I'm, I'm sometimes with the I can be lethal with this tongue, you know, yeah. with that two-edged sword type thing. So I was like cutting them like pe- to pieces with razor blades. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. and this guy has been. And watch this. This person has been married for 41 years. This this deep like this. I, now let me tell you something. I'm not perfect, but to to rare, because um, I try to you know give my, give of myself. So for someone to call me selfish, that's deep for me. Like, oh, like you don't know you. <laughs> especially, I know, but still, but especially in terms of Absolutely. like in terms of thank that's good, Tamika. That's but really especially in terms of when someone. 
you know, makes a sacrifice that his thought process, hey, Danita Waller Page, that his thought process in that me to marry my husband um, was selfish of me because of my kids or to have kids. And it's like, I, so for me, I don't, you know, I'm very, you know me, like I try to be what's going to be best for the whole. But since we out here, let me step out into it because I think we need to. Um, for him to say I'm selfish uh, means for me um, that he may not understand big picture. Um, yeah. Like yeah. when we understand big picture, then it will be very hard for us to call another person selfish. Uh, if we understand we are all called and chosen by God, that's good. And we all have a journey that's that ties into a big picture. That's deep for me to for someone to think my actions are selfish when this is what the Lord says. So my question would be to this person, for real, I would just say, like, are you all in? Like, are you all in with God, especially if they were a believer? Um, the choice and decisions I made came with prayer came with supplication, came with fasting, came with time. Somebody said they would love to get his wife's perspective. Came with time, um, came with uh, came with whatever. Um, my children needed to be born of Jermaine and I for a reason. Mm. Uh, you got to understand legacy. You got to understand heritage. And then I'll tell you something intimate because you know how I am to help you. I, I, I'll be real honest, and I don't know that it'll ever happen, but when Jermaine was leaving me, he was like, um, he always knew I had a heart or a desire for a little girl, and he was like, hey, you know, and we knew he was leaving. He was like, do you want to try one more time to have a baby wow. um, before I go? And I'm like, no, I definitely don't want to be pregnant, and I'm having to grieve. I definitely don't want to be you know, in a space um, and that 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 I'm having to deal with that because that's another depth that I'm not re ready for. So for someone to say that, for me, a person probably really doesn't understand how involved God wants to be in our marriage. A person really probably doesn't understand um, the represent representation of the marriage to Christ and um and the church, but I have been called some stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, but been called selfish is deep, James. But let me let me say this, and uh, and I and uh and understand that. No, this was at the car. This was at a car dealership in the car. I get okay. it, but it's okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let me let me fin let me go beyond the comma a little bit. Let me go beyond yeah. the comma. Let me go beyond the comma. Uh, because and my point is, we wasn't at church, okay. And yeah. so that, that doesn't mean every, so I know I see a lot of the comments, you know, talking about God-ordained marriages. And I believe in God-ordained marriage. You believe in God-ordained marriages. But we live in this world. And being in this world, everybody don't see it like we see it, Absolutely. right? And so he, I'm not going to say he was a believer. So yeah, I can't you know say I mean? that. Yeah. So he might yeah. not be a believer. So he might not. So let's understand. He might not understand God's plan as it relates to marriage. He might not, under, you know, but he does have a marriage. And that's a problem. And 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 everybody that you know talk about that's actually disgusting for him to say. Trust me, I wore him out with words. I got him. I I I, I didn't fight him. Like Lakeisha, you know me. I, yeah. You've gotten to know me a little bit. And when when yeah. I do get a little perturbed, I let it be known. I don't let it yeah. really let it be known on women because I don't argue and fight with women. I yeah. get I get for them. But with a dude, I will let him know. And I and and like I said, I, I was like Zorro with with this tongue. I mean, it was like razor blade. I'm like, I can't believe you would have the nerve and the audacity to say anything when you don't even know that person, you don't yeah. know her story. I said, yeah. but when she, see, you said a couple of things in that first show. Yeah. One of the first things you said in that first show was that this is my truth. <laughs> that yeah. word my carries a whole Absolutely. lot of weight. Hey, that's Absolutely. your personal pronoun, right? Yeah. So you got, so every, each and every one of us have our own unique experience and each yeah. unique experience has its own fingerprint, right? So mm -hmm. th since that's your truth, then yeah. that's your truth. Other thing yeah. you said, you said this, my, my, another personal pronoun, my marriage was my assignment. Yeah, that my, means you wasn't, it wasn't my assignment. No. It wasn't his assignment. No. So the last thing I'm going to do is speak on what God, I, I can't eavesdrop on your conversation with God. I don't even want, no. want to eavesdrop on your conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy. You know what, Keisha? I'm too busy trying to hear him for myself. 
Absolutely. And <laughs> so if, if I'm trying, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's say if he wasn't an unbeliever, then I would probably say without a doubt, this person never had anybody completely love them wholly. On, and I'm just good. saying that that's because because when you understand the real magnitude of love, I'm not talking about love. So first of all, let me say this. I don't believe or not believe it. Love doesn't belong to us. Love isn't a thing that we possess, Absolutely. own, or contain. Love was created to flow for me from the creator into everybody else. So I don't possess love. It's not a possession of mine. I was never meant yeah. to contain it, to hold it, um, to um, to withdraw that's the things that we do from trauma. That's the things that we do from not really understanding the capacity, the divinity of love. Even if you weren't a believer, still the divinity of love, the power of love, the strength of love. Um, I know for a fact, um, I'm just being honest, just based on some closing conversations that I had with my husband, um, had we not been married, he would have not been able to really fulfill his purpose Wow. He opened a nonprofit organization, sickle cell support services. He was walking into ministry and he tells me all the time um, they would not, not be able to fulfill his purpose had I not been the mate, the person that he linked with. He needed me. He told me Jeez. that multiple times. He was like, I needed you because there were things in you that not, and we like to use the term complete because he was complete through God, but there were things in you that spoke into my purpose to help me give birth to the man that I was going to become, right? Oh, wow. um, there were things in you that um, tapped me from a space that nobody else could tap me, that could nobody else could pull on me. There were things in you um, that would make me believe. So we, we, we didn't have a lot of resources. And one time we had, we had a band. Um, it was so funny that my dad had helped God get us. And the alternator went out in the van mm-hmm. and um, he, we didn't have a lot of money. We had money to get the alternator, but we didn't have money to put the alternator in the van. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was funny because Jermaine said to me, he was like, what do we need to do? I said, oh, we just listen, watch a video. Let's find a video on YouTube. Watch the video. You can put this alternator in this van. And so he got the he got the video, he watched the video for a couple of days. He wound up calling a friend and it took him a few days. But in a few days, he put that alternator in that van. And he came to me later and he said, you make me feel like I can do anything. Ah, Jesus, that's good. That's you good. make me feel like I can do anything. Like you encourage me from such a space that it makes me feel like I can do anything that I don't know that I've had this at this capacity before. So our connection that was sacred, um, that was binding, that was uh, um, legal, um, brought companionship, brought fulfillment, brought love. And yes, we produced offspring. Um, When I went into the scenario, I knew what I, also went into the scenario knowing that this is what God has said to me. Like mm-hmm. for a believer, this is what God has said to me. And so I'm going to tell you something. There are probably some things that I would have asked more questions and spent more time just knowing I'm an oldest. He was a baby. Um, he had never had credit, like just different things. Like he had, he had never, somebody had always kind of handled business for him. He never really had no business on his own. So, like, there are more questions that I would have spent on the front end um, asking, even when I hear the Lord say again, this is your person. This is the person you've been to spend the rest of your life with. There are some things that I'm going to spend more time asking questions so that I have the information that I need so that I can move into the spaces that I need to move into um, to be able to give what I need to give to the next person. Right. Mm -hmm. But. For someone to insinuate that I was selfish, I'm pretty sure if I pulled Josiah or Judah in right now, they were the world needed Josiah and Judah. And they needed to be born of Lakeisha and Jermaine because I have older children that were not by my husband. Um, They needed to be born of Lakeisha and Jermaine because that was part of their testimony. That was part of their lineage. That was part of their history. And their legacy from their dad is so rich and so thick. 
and culture, his sons, even the sons that he didn't bear, but he raised, the legacy is so rich and so thick in culture. So for someone that to say that, I'm just going to say they don't think from terms of big picture. If they talk from terms of big picture, we would never cause another person to be selfish. But then I would turn around and even ask our viewers, ask you, um, ask someone to dig deeper in themselves. What if God told Jose to marry Gomer, right? You and I were kind of bantering and studying over that. If you don't know um, the prophecies, a lot of uh, theologians like to say it was a prophecy between God and the church. However, it was symbolic. What if God says to Gomer, go pick you a prostitute? I mean, Hosea, because he didn't say which person. No, he didn't. He said, uh, he said, go pick you a, he said, go pick you a prostitute, right? And for some reason, he chose Gomer. I don't know if she was fine. I don't Probably. know if she knows, knew somebody. I don't know if there was a certain... She, did something. she had some kind of effect on him. It's something he... Yeah. He chose her. He, he, he chose her. her. He, God gave him that liberty. Yeah, he chose it. It didn't say when you go back into the word. And if we dug deeper, I don't know if we were revealed, right? But when the Lord, the Lord spoke, he said, go take for yourself a wife of prostitution and have children of her. Uh, for the land commits great acts of prostitution by not following the Lord. So he went into Gomer, the daughter of Dibalim, and she conceived and bore him a son. The Lord said to him, now name him, told him to give him a name. And then he would restore Israel. He would restore Israel through this union, right? Yeah. Right? So if I, I'm just always challenged by those of us, oh, I love the Lord. I've died. Anything I ask, you ask me, Lord, I'm here. Use me, Lord, which ain't scriptural. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. I'm just saying all this other stuff that we say and do. Like when the Lord requires more, um, <laughs> Ephraim Neely, Ephraim said he picked her because she was a pregnant. <laughs> I don't know. But the whole point was he, he still obeyed God. He didn't make a decision. He didn't make a decision to do against what God said. He set this relationship in prayer. How many of us really place our relationships in prayer? Like, what if prayer would, okay, what are you about to say? You good. Hold on. Let me, but let me, let me, let me, let me read Hazel. Cause you, I, cause I, I don't want to go too far from what you said a minute ago when you, cause yeah. when you encouraged him about that alternator piece, right. You know, yeah. John, John Maxwell says uh, that affirmation is like oxygen for the soul. Yeah. Right. So when you affirm somebody, it's like giving them breath. Right. And yeah. so, and so for Hazel to say, that's what helpmates do. We encourage, push, pray, and make the man feel like he can conquer the world. You are beautiful inside oh, now it, it trips me out when women you know and, and i want to say two things it trips me out when women say well i ain't finna stroke your ego why not i mean oh, I love <laughs> why, why not I you know, love why, it. not from a manipulative witch oh my god why not oh my god oh, man, here it is. i'm talking about for real when yeah. you need me you ought to be able to go and conquer the world yes I'm right there with my sons like i'm always kind of my ego when i wake josiah up i say well good morning champ like I call him champion. That's the first thing he hear on my morning. Good morning, champ. Right. Good morning, champ. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, champion. I'm trying to tell you. Speaking life into him. Speaking um, it's life. early in the morning. Calling them. I've had to get on myself lately because I've been a little fussy. And the Lord dealt with me and said, "Stop fussing over them." First thing in the morning, yeah. you're gonna tear up the order in their day. Right. Yep. Being impatient and being frustrated. That's been my only reason. So God had to come back and pull on me and reset me and say, "Stop being frustrated and make what you're frustrated about." A place of prayer right but i have been fussing and nagging but it's my responsibility i don't care and i mean this for real and i want us to get out of habit because sometimes we say stuff that sounds good but it's my responsibility that before you leave the house that i've already built you up then i ain't got to worry about nobody else building you up see i'm a gay club here's my thought process <laughs> and people can argue or whatever but if there is a hole in the fence Right, I ain't calling nobody dog. I just like we breathe. So you. there's a hole in the fence. Either your dog gonna get out, or a straight dog gonna get in. Yes, so one, 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 especially if somebody in heat, like you just gotta understand, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So when we come into this place and we are in covenant with each other, 
I need to, I don't, I'm not, it's, and I'm not saying we don't have what we need as women, but this is something I've learned. This is something I've learned with my sons. It's something I learned with my, my late husband. If you, and it's sincere and healthy and whole, when you build a man up correctly, he does, Danita, he feel like he can walk on water or he feel like he can come, when he know he got you in his ear, behind him, I'm your rider, live. It just does something. So my uneducated, no degree, country husband led a state not statewide initiative for a task force, and we have an adult clinic on sickle cell. And nobody ever asked him to run down his pedigree. Wow, I just needed to be in position, but I also got in position and gave him my gifts. I didn't get in position. Oh, I gave, oh. I got in position and oh. I gave him and submitted and surrendered my gifts and my talents to him so that he could become. I have a special set of skills. I can write grants. I can create organizations. Um, I can, I'm a writer. I'm an editor. Like I just have a special set of skills. That's so cool. what I did was when I submitted to the Lord, I also submitted and surrendered to him and said, how do I, how do I make you better? Now, I'm going to be honest, Jesus, I had some Jesus, time Jesus, periods. Jesus. I had some time periods in there where I got selfish because I kept saying, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? Looks like you accomplishing and I'm not accomplishing. Well, that was a selfish, self-centered part of me that I had to come back and deal with later. Here's what I'm, I'm not saying you can't gain because here's what was happening for both of us mm-hmm. because we were in proper positioning. We were able to be in place and support. I was able to finish my bachelor's degree, finish my master's degree, get in a PhD program because he was in the position that I needed him to be for what needed to be accomplished. This thing was very non-traditional. I made more income than him. He didn't care. I always gave him position uh, to run the finances because I never, ever wanted him to feel like he wasn't the man. So I gave him, um, as I matured, now I wasn't here at first, as okay, I matured, okay. and, until, and, and until he got sick and couldn't, I was always trying to figure out how do I position him so he feels like the man he needs to feel. Now, my husband was spiritually stronger than I was. He has spiritual discernment, wisdom, knowledge. And I tell you, I tell people all the time, coming in contact with him, pull me into the volume of the woman I am today. That's why I cannot wait until the Lord blesses me to be uh, married again, because I know he's going to pull me into the next volume of the woman that I'm supposed to be. But so like our union created something more that left a legacy that left that last the last lifetime. But it's also because we weren't seeking marriage. I tell people all the time, marriage ain't your get out of jail, hell card. Because you want to have legalized sex. We ain't getting married to have legalized sex. I don't want to get married to have legalized sex. Like then that means that's a false, a faulty in your marriage. I'm going to marry you to have legalized sex. Okay, we get married and then we have legal sex, but there's nothing else deeper there, right? Nothing goes beyond the legalized sex. I'm marrying you because there is something that is going to be produced through us together that's going to we like we connected to the vine we the branches and then our branches are going to put forth more branches that's going to bear fruit that's good stuff that's good stuff so listen so what we what as we talk about marriage material because that's that's the title the title is what what is marriage material and what one thing that we've one message i think we've tried to perpetuate over the last three weeks this is the fourth week is how marriage is an assignment uh how the two the two become one uh, and we, you know, we multiply, we do all these types of things and, and multiplying just ain't, it's not kids, you know, we just, just not just kids, you know, we, yeah. we produce, you know, we make fruit anyway. So it's all about, it's all about, uh, all about, uh, purpose, purpose. And that, and that's, and that's what I want us to do is figure out how to find our purpose. So I'm going to throw a couple of things at you that I've thought about throughout the course of the day. I was going to call you and give them to you, but I said, no, I want her to get these in the moment. Raw. She, you want me to get it raw? Okay. Yeah, I want you to get it raw. Just uh, get it just like as it is. Because I, I want us to move to a place 
where we can become fruitful in our marriage. You know, you've said some great things about lists, not being shallow in our lists, you know, not, you know, being understanding purpose. If God tells you to marry Gomer, you know, being, be ready to make that decision, all of those things. So there's a couple of things I want us to understand and organically, you know, it's just certain things that's just going to happen. Like for instance, don't minimize. Here's the first thing I'm going to say, and I'll put it on the screen so you can read it when you, so you can respond to it. One thing I don't want us to do is don't minimize the effects of orientation. Um, It's, it's so we don't realize how our perception of marriage has been lenses have been put on our, on our lives through our, our whole, when was our mama married? Was grandmama married? Did we see successful marriages? Did we see toxic marriages? No. So do, people don't realize how so many times we allow orientation to affect our uh, lenses as it relates to us going in marriage. Now, what do you think about that? No, a hundred percent. So, so when I first, when I first got married and I've dated and had heartbreaks and all this other stuff, I, I had a false expectation of um, marriage was going to be my savior. It was going to save me from myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So then if you go into a marriage with the responsibility that a person is going to be your savior, the problem and the difficulty behind that is you make them a God or you make them an idol and they're never able to rest. They're never able to mess up. They're never able to be human or normal because you have an, as you use the word orientation or a false expectation of how and what and who this person is supposed to show up in your life. A lot of what we do, I'm a sociologist by trade. So a lot of what we do is impacted by our cultural, our beliefs, our mores, you know, all these things that we've experienced. And so, of course, our ego, the psychological parts of who we are, um, are factors as well. But the sociological components of how we've been socialized into this thing called marriage is such a huge, um, is such a huge, huge, um, a huge thing. I'm going to answer that, Melinda. I'm going to put a pin in it. We don't, so so when, I, when my orientation is skewed, then I never really get to one, see marriage the way it's supposed to. Two, my eyes are never open maybe to the person that I need in my life because I'm probably also looking for a particular type person and I may turn from the right person and turn towards the wrong person, right? So um, those coupled with those experiences and things, absolutely, they would blind us to what man. It also may make me not want to be married because, you know, people are, oh, it left a bad taste in my mouth. That it left a bad taste in your mouth to a space that you don't even want to get in a relationship or you don't even want to get married because it's left a bad, bad taste in your mouth. So one of the things that I would suggest to anybody in their singleness is one, first of all, get in your relationship with God. But two, really get to understand and ask yourself, this is why we're here. Hey, what mar- what healthy marriages have I had around me? Um, what is my perceived notion of marriage? What is my perceived notion or expectation of what I feel like my husband is supposed to do, right? Um, because all of those things, what are, what am I supposed to show? How am I supposed to show up as a wife? Like these are the this is the work that we also don't do yes. in the ahead of time, in the in-between time while we're waiting, right? We're just like, Oh Lord, bless me. And you know, I don't want to be by myself and I want to be a helmet. Somebody said, because I'm tired of doing it on my own. Absolutely tired of doing what on your own. Now, let me say this. I do not enjoy single parenting. I'm going to say this real clear. I love my boys, uh, but God co-parents with me, but I don't want somebody. And both my sons said something very powerful, separate, um, but we were not together. And my mother also said something. Both my sons came in at separate times and said to me, when you pick or when you choose or when this person, because still at the end of the day, even when a man comes to us, we have to say yes. We still have to be the person that say yes, right? Because we'll go, he will find the wife, find a good thing and obtain favor from the Lord, right? But I still have to consent to this. I got to be the one that says yes. So my boys were like, first Joe came in. He was like, when you, you know, you get to this point, you pick a mate, 
Um, don't worry about me because I'm getting ready to grow up, getting ready to go off. So mama don't spend a lot of time worrying about me. Well, Judah, like just a few weeks ago, maybe. Consumer Reports published a study showing 95% of supplements on the market are contaminated and contain magnesium stearate, which decreases absorption and increases a toxic material in the body, which has a lot of pesticides in it. Many companies are labeling it as a vegetable steroid. Central Silver has at least three dyes that are listed on the national cancer list as a potential carcinogenic. Most of the minerals in it are in the form of oxides. Oxides oxidize the body. That means they rust the body out. At Immune Wellness Pharmacy, you will receive supplements that are dispensed in glass bottles. They're vegetable capsules with no additives, no dyes, no fillers, no preservatives, no magnesium stearate. To know your body is absorbing the nutrients it needs, stop Immune Wellness Pharmacy. That's pharmacy with an F. Go to immunewellnesspharmacy.com to shop now. Immune Wellness Pharmacy, restoring optimal function to the human body. Came in, I'm not calling you. Just a few weeks ago, came in and he said to me, he said, uh, hey, I need you to understand something. Whenever you're choosing him, whenever you're getting ready for marriage and you're choosing him for marriage, I don't want you to think in terms of what I need. I need the choice and the decision that you make to be about who and about what you need uh, for you. And your I'm going to be good. Huh? Your son, your youngest said that? My 13-year-old, yeah. Wow. He said, I need him to be what he needs to be for you. And then I know if you pick wise, he may not be perfect for me, but he'll be good to me. That's if you pick wise, he may not be perfect for me, but again, you're good for me. So these things have been added to the volume of what I have thought about, not so much as a list, but the needs I have, because there's still some needs that I have um, will be mm -hmm. made. Danita Waterpage said you are also no longer responsible for your own actions because you've had after them. Maybe it made it here responsibility so you complain if it does not happen, right? If it doesn't happen. Shonda Hayes says, as I got older, I learned to pay attention to my mom and stepdad. Their marriage wasn't perfect, but it was perfect. I'm very grateful for the experience. Absolutely. And so I'm going to say this. So we take those as benchmarks, not aspirations. And what I mean by like, I'm not aspiring. I want the health of what they had, but it don't have to just be like theirs. Because That's my right. relationship with Should've whoever, been out the bone. yeah, who my relationship with whoever I'm going to be with, um, is going to be beautiful because of who we are and how we are. Because we get each other when nobody else get each other, right? Um, we share experiences. Um, so I'm choosing this teammate or this life partner, um, and I'm committing to work with them for the rest of for the rest of my life. That's good stuff. That's good. And yeah. uh, I, I, Shonda, I got you on that because, uh, I, and I, I can one hundred percent relate because, because when I, if I'm, the, if I, if I'm interested, and I hadn't been interested in anybody long, but if I'm interested in somebody, I, I want to know, you know, were you raised in a two parent home? I want, I, I want to know some of those things, um, because it kind of lets me know. know. Your daddy cheated. Uh, yeah, I, I need, I need, yeah, I, I need to, what I need to know what you know, and yeah. and like and like she said, um, like Shonda, I can, I, I feel you because my. My parents got a divorce very young, and then my dad remarried. So my stepmom raised me. Like so, she's been in my life. I'm 50 years old, so my stepmom has been in my life for 43 years, right? And I can't say that they and I, you know, I, I in fact, I won't even speak on their marriage because you know I didn't even understand it growing up. I was just a child, and a child is in a child's place, right? But I, I know I've learned, like through my father's ordeal over the last, you know, few months, you know, to watch how my mom, my stepmom showed up for him, man. She, my my stepmom, 73 years old. I mean, I'm mom, I'm sorry to tell you a bitch. I apologize. My mom is older. She's living in the bonus. I apologize, mom. I'm sorry. Please don't get me. But, uh, my, but my mom was out there trying to water the horses. You know, she was trying to make sure the dogs were fed. She was trying to make sure her husband was taken care of. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you want. You want somebody that you can, you know, that, you know, y'all might not always get along, but you can always, you know, you can always come back together to make this work. And and if you don't learn how orientation, even te teach you how to deal with conflict. Yeah. 
Yeah, orientation orientation. Because if your parents argued all the time, you might you might think it's okay to yell all the time. You know, if your parents raise you in a loving environment, then you understand. You know, so those orientation affects us in so many different ways. Go ahead, she got a hand up. Come on. No, so I want to give you an example right there. Yeah. So, um, my my oldest son is thirty. He got married when he was nineteen, and years later, he was talking to me about something between him and his wife. Right. He said, Mom, dad, because I told y'all, I have to tell you, my my late husband wasn't pre- per- perfect. And he said, Mom, you, um, he said, you didn't help me with something. And I said, what do you mean? He said, because daddy would be hard on you sometimes, uh, cracking jokes, harassing you, and I hate to be harassed. Um, he will be cracking jokes, harassing you, um, sarcastic, smug, and you never said anything, right? And you seem so tough about it that I thought that's how a wife was. So what I never, when their dad was doing something to me, I never displayed emotions in front of them because I had a rule that I had written for myself that I would never disrespect or dishonor my husband in front of them. Okay. But what it also did for me was then I never emoted in front of them. So they assumed when dad did things that my tough, what appeared like exterior was what wives were supposed to be like. Wow. So when he got married and he was kind of drilling his wife and harassing her, and she would break down and cry. He thought something was wrong with her. Oh wow! And he came back and he said, "Mom, you gave me a false sense of how wow. a woman handles conflict with the man because I never said I saw you cry." And my mind was blown, and I was like, "This is crazy." I wow. cried. I just always cried behind the door, or I just always cried when I walked because I had I had a written rule for myself that I would never ever 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 disrespect your dad in front of you guys because I always wanted you guys to show honor to him and I felt like if I was disrespectful then I wasn't showing honor well I had I didn't have balance in there so they didn't see the emotional things that come with a woman period so then when he got married and his wife was way more emotional in that area he was like mom I was missing something that I needed that oh, I wow. should have learned from you. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. So we. So listen, I, I use this term all the time. Also, that uh, life is lending lessons. It's yeah. on us to consider those clues. Yeah. Uh, they, the, the, the life, the lessons are always yeah. taking place, yeah. and uh, and we, and you don't know who's watching. You don't know. You know. Uh, I tried to make sure that we didn't argue in front of our children. You know, maybe we should have. You know, not yeah. necessarily an argument, but we, like you said, should have shown some type of emotion. Uh, that's good. That's good. Hazel, you're saying some good stuff tonight. I mean, you you really are. I appreciate you. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. D- number one, do not minimize the effects. We got about twenty about twenty more minutes, so uh, we're gonna try to get these other two in. Don't minimize the effects of orientation. Uh, this one's kind of similar, but I want to look at it a little bit different. I don't understand how much our inv- environment affects our outcome. Imagine uh, understand how uh like because we let, let's go back to the whole. God said, go marry a harlot. He said, go marry a harlot. Go marry a harlot. Go find one. Uh, now, he went that dark. Now, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm I'm using my sanctified imagination right now, right? But I can see Gomer, like, okay, God said, I can get married. All right, cool. I'm good. I'm good. Like you just said, now I can have legalized sex. Oh, Lord, let me go walk around right quick. Oh, she bad. <laughs> She's fine. Oh, well, let me get her in. You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden now, but it, it doesn't change the fact that guess what? She's a harlot. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? She might be a tall harlot. She might be a short harlot. You know what I'm saying? She might be, you know, light skin, dark skin, white, whatever. But at the end of the day, her very nature is that of a harlot, right? And so harlots usually do what harlots are going to do. Yeah. So if God says, go marry a harlot, you're preparing yourself for harlot things, as you just said. And I'm going to have to deal with those harlot things. But you know what? You know what? I'm going to do it. Because I know that my life is about prophetic purpose. 
And I know at the end of the day, I know that as a prophet, the word prophet goes means go. The prophet goes before the people on behalf of God, right? So I'm gonna do it knowing that now. Now your Gomer might not be a harlot, yeah, but your Gomer might not make as much money as you. Or maybe born you, with sickle cell anemia. Or might be born with sickle cell anemia. Or, or may have five kids. Or might, you know, are you wanting to be six four, but he might be five ten. You know he what I'm saying? Five, you know, five, he ten. might be five seven. You know, I'm joking. Yeah. But, but but whatever. But that if that's your gomer, it is what it is. But a lot of times, because we want to create the environment, and you said something about this about comfortability a couple of weeks ago. We want to create an environment of comfortability. We're going to do a whole Build-A-Bear situation and build the person that we want as opposed to the person that God might have for us. You asked me a question yesterday. You said, if God asked you, you said, I hear you, James, but if God told you to do something different, would you do it? And what did I say? I said, yes, I got to do it. I don't, I, yeah. I don't like losing battles and I'm, I can't win that fight. You know, I, I can't win that fight. Yeah, and it's funny because this is what I'm saying, a big deep, deeper. Like we want the love and we want the relationship a lot, but we don't want to make no cost. We don't understand what's what is costing us is actually seed being sown for a later harvest. And we don't want to put no time into that a lot of times. We like, thing I know for sure is we like comfortability. If it's going to be comfortable to us, I'm more inclined to be involved in the relationship. Well, at any space that the relationship becomes uncomfortable, I start questioning God. Well, perhaps the uncomfortable parts are revealing in me my shallowness, my selfishness. Uh, perhaps the uncomfortable parts in me are revealing um, where I am, where I haven't really spent time or put time in God the way I need to be. Let's for believers. If we talk about us. Mm-hmm. The goal of marriage is to be the covenant relationship between Christ and his bride, the church. You got to get into that and dig deep into God's purposes for marriage. Well, if nobody ever told, told you that God has some purposes for a marriage, then what will happen is you'll never grow, you'll never understand, and you'll never glorify God. Mm. You'll never grow, you'll never understand, talk, you'll never talk, glorify talk. God. When God gives you an assignment or you understand the purpose behind marriage, you got to grow. <laughs> you got to become more understanding and it's got to glorify God. Well, how does God get glorified? God gets glorified through obedience. God mm-hmm. gets glorified when trials come to prove our faith. Come on, y'all. Um, when trials come so that we can demonstrate our faith and trials come so we can glorify God. So the purpose of marriage, I just want to give you this, and this is something I read once, is commission, crucifixion, and covenant. That's it. Commission, crucifixion, and covenant. Well, here's the problem. Nobody wants to pick, pick up the cross and nobody wants to die daily. James says, why do we argue? We argue because we can't, we can't, we get, we can't get what we want. So if marriage is about commission, then what we're doing is we're supposed to be reproducing after the kingdom of God or God's image. Adam didn't need somebody to um, complete him. He was already created in the likeness of God. That's good. Your husband doesn't need somebody to complete him. So I want to help y'all with something tonight. We're going to get free. Um your husband didn't need somebody to complete him. He's already made in the likeness of God. When we start looking for a person to a person to complete us, then um, uh, sometimes that can turn into some other really strange things, and then we put false expectations on somebody. So then this war begins between you and the next person because you guys are in this struggle of completion. Mm. I expect you to show up with particular things and you expect me to show up but with particular things. And then when those things don't go down, we are struggling back, back and forth, right? God, Adam and Eve were, it was never for them. Like they were not supposed to mirror each other 
they're supposed to mirror God. Ooh, right? That's good. That's good. So that they're never, they're never, they're supposed to mirror, mirror God. Um, second Corinthians 3:18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. So when we get that and understand that, then I'm not ever looking for someone to complete me. I'm not looking for somebody to complete me. I'm looking for somebody that I can walk alongside with that we can reproduce together. And I ain't talking about sex and no baby. I'm talking about that whatever you possess, we're going to plant together. God going to water it. God going to get it. The Holy Spirit going to get the increase. But we're going to reproduce together because we understand that each of us hold a volume now also so that my garden can walk into the fullness. He's going to give me somebody that's going to sharpen me, perhaps in areas that I haven't been sharpened. He's going to mm. give he's going to give me somebody that is going to pull on my potential. He's going to give me somebody that I'm going to pull on their potential. And when I say pull on the potential, it's not I'm showing up and I'm deciding what your potential is or what your purpose is. It's that I'm showing up and I'm lending my ear to the Lord and I'm looking to you to see what you understand about you. And then I'm getting into the divine position of help me, help mate, whatever y'all want to call it, support. I'm getting into divine position so that we could reproduce together and we can be transformed into the image. And then I'm not trying to have, I'm not trying to be a trophy wife. I ain't trying to be up on no shelf. I ain't trying to have you glorify me. At the end of the day, I'm going to glorify God. I want to give you another pivotal moment in my late, our marriage, my, my late marriage. Uh, it was four weeks, two weeks, somewhere in there between Jermaine dying. And we were going to the Arkansas Black Hall of Fame to pick up a check. He was going to have to speak, but he was no way in position where he could speak. And I used to have to walk behind him because he had gotten so frail. And I always wanted to be in a position to catch him. Well, I was walking behind him this particular day, um, uh, walking behind him. And he said, hey, you know, you're going to have to speak. He had just been grooming me to run the organization. So I was walking behind him this particular day and I leaned in his ear and I said, um, I can never feel your shoes. I can't. Mm. And he, he whispered back and said, you were never meant to. You wear high heels. Wow. That's good. That's good stuff. And so it changed my perspective of how we were to walk together. I was in together. Not, together. together. I, I'm together. not in competition with him. My gifts and talents ain't in gift and competition with his gifts and talents. My who I am as a woman ain't in competition with who he is as a man. I'm not, I'm not in competition with him. He is not in a space where he is trying to lord over me and be my taskmaster. He is trying to lead me uh, into righteousness for Christ's sake. He is trying to lead me into a place where the father gets glorified. And then we're not trying to rule and dominate each other to com to position each other so that we can become each other's idol or God. We are positioning ourselves in a place so that God could get the ultimate glory of our marriage. I hope y'all are enjoying this conversation. I really do. This this is this is so good. This is so good. Like and we and honestly, y'all, we don't spend much time trying to prepare these shows. Most of this is like so organic. God deals with her in her space and I, he deals with me and mine and we both she's a little bit more prepared than i am i kind of come in and just kind of you know go by the skin of my you know i, I just kind of be i, I know, don't even have notes i got a phone and i got that you know and i did write down three points but uh it, it's just amazing i appreciate you one more thing though one more because uh, uh hazel's been on tonight i promise she has hazel's been on because i got one more point that i wanted to bring out i talked about mm -hmm. the first one where i said was don't minimize the effects of orientation. Second, I said, understand the environments of uh, affects outcomes. But here's another one. And you you just hit on it. Watch, manage your expectations of others. Manage manage your expectations, especially if, and, and, and we're talking from a point, we're not in the relationship yet. We, we're, we're talking about becoming marriage material, right? Mm -hmm. And so becoming marriage material, you know, you, um, like what's the old saying? Don't, don't expect of others 
things that you can't expect from yourself or things, you know, setting, your, setting these lofty expectations or unrealistic expectations. You know, I heard, uh, I think somebody said earlier that they, every relationship they were in, they were looking for their father for a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, that's so, un, you know, that's tough. You know, because I, I understand the psychological damage that could have been done or the, the psychological influences that that le- that left you in that place. But yeah. it put an extra weight on your potential mate, <laughs> because rather than getting them to be the best version of themselves, uh, you were tr- you they were trying to be something uh, that. Frankly, they couldn't be they couldn't they could never be your father. And I ain't gonna lie, I wouldn't want to be anybody I'm, I, it's hard enough me being james i, I mean it, it's taken me 50 years to be james and guess what every day i become a little more me yeah. and i promise you if i live if, I, if the lord lets me see fit and wakes me up in the morning i'll be more me tomorrow than yes. i am today yes. you know because we're constantly changing right and so the, yeah. the thing is watch how your man how you your expectations for others and just learn how to grow together. I mean, that, that's that's the point. And I, and I hear that so much in your relationship. And I appreciate that about y'all, Lakeisha. Thank I you. really do. But I think that takes you to, um, that takes an unveiling that you to have the scales removed off your life. I, oh, yeah. oh, man. Um, that means you're going to have to be unveiled. You got to <laughs> have the scales pulled back. You got to have the veil. We all see through a glass darkly. Um, that's going to take you being unguarded. You can't sit on the edge, always on defense, looking for it to fail, looking for it to fail. That's good. You got, to, you got to sit back. You got to trust the Holy Spirit. You got to deal with your insecurity. You got to deal with your fear. And there's some level of insecurity you're not going to find that you still have in you until you get in the relationship. Come on, man. Come until on. you're there, right? Because yeah. that's the whole point. The relationship is to pull us into a deeper relationship like Christ. So you're not you're going to have to unveil. You're going to have to be unguarded. And then there is going to have to be a vulnerable, a level of vulnerability and transparency with God. Here is mm-hmm. the thing. scripture says, um, um, I would say trust no man, right? It's, 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 it's just, but it's I it, trust God. So I'm not trusting you with my heart. I'm trusting that if the Lord led me to you, then I'm trusting God with my heart. And if something happens, it may sting, but I mm-hmm. won't be broken. Uh, yeah, it may sting me, That's but I won't, process. I won't be broken. So okay. I don't, ex- I don't expect you to show up as God. I don't expect you to have it all. I don't expect you to know it all. Uh, it's been funny in my dating process. I dated somebody, um, and if he, I'm not gonna reveal his name if he, because sometimes I think he watches uh, <laughs> me. He'll catch you watching. We, we, you know. But one of the things he has said, and had he been patient. He would have received um, the gift of what the Lord was trying to give him, um, but his impatience and, and comparing himself and to me was actually pitting him in competition against me. Oh yeah, we'll so he made a statement and was like, "I'm I'm just not spiritually where you are." Well, that's fine. I never asked you to show up and be that way. Well, you know, people say you gotta be equally yoked. Yeah, he's born as a believer. Um, <laughs> He's been misquoting that scripture forever, man. He's a born, he's a born again believer, right? He's born again believer. Um, he loves God, and he what he might not have been spiritually where he thought I was. I don't know what that is because I'm growing every day. I'm growing in grace in Jesus Christ. Every day I learn something more about God. I'm not perfect. I don't show up as perfect. I just told you I had to repent from something with my kids, but he was like, he was identifying his spiritual journey. To not be in comparison with mine. Well, that killed, started killing the momentum of the relationship because then he began to overthink and instead of trusting God with me. One of the things I ask people often, especially men who press into my space, and I'm a whole lot to handle. I tell people that all the time. I'm a, it's a lot that comes with me. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. There's a ministry that comes with me. There's kids, there's grandkids. There's a lot that comes with me. So I like to be for up for coming. And if somebody is constantly, constantly, constantly trying my sp- in my space, it, I always say, do me a favor. Pray and ask God about me. Oh, like wow. just pause and pray and ask God about me. Because I've been in so I've been in multiple situations where people who are like who show up strong and be like, I think, man, I think you my one. I think you my wife. I think you the person. And I'm like, the Lord tell you that. 
or is this something you hope or aspire? There's so much to come about me. Come with me. So why don't you take some time and put it in prayer and ask the Lord to show you more about me, show, show you who I am to see, especially with the call of my life. Ask him more about me because this isn't, this can't be casual, mm-hmm. right? I can't be handled casually. Um, there's too much that is affiliated with my life for me to be handled, uh, mishandled. Same way, I'm not going to mishandle you oh, because that's- I have revelation and understanding that you're too precious to God. Wow. So if you're precious to God and you're a man and our men, especially our men of color, already suffer a lot. So wow. if I understand how much you suffer and you're too precious to God, I'm not going to bring you no unnecessary grief Ugh. or bring you into it. something that's going to take you out of balance. I'm to add to you. It's four type of people in life. Those that multiply, those that add, those that divide, and those that subtract. I am to either multiply and add to your value, but I should be lead, let I should leave you mm. always better. I love you. I love her, y'all. Anybody know? Listen, let me let me just say I this. Love I love you. I know. Because you know what I like about I, I what I love about you. You you say what your requirements are. And yeah. you tell them what you need. You tell yeah. people you've been used. You never know how many hundreds of people or thousands of people might hear this. Right. You yeah, know, absolutely. You, you say every time you and this is and I hear a lot of and, and sisters, I'm not trying to bash. I'm just say this. But I hear a lot of sisters say what they need. It's always meistic and perpendicular. Itis, as Jay Vernon McGee calls it. Everybody always say what they need, but everybody not saying what they offering. <laughs> And what I love about this is every time you talk about, I'm, I do this, I do this, I do this, but then you come right back and you say, but I'm going to give it to you the same way and even yeah. more. And yeah. I think that's what, that's the level of comfort that people need to even start building the foundation to have right relationships again, right? We got to trust each other, man. We got to trust each other. And it can't be one-sided. You know, it ain't 60, what those say, it ain't 60, 40. No, it ain't 70 30. It's we 100 100 show, love. We <laughs> both show up yes. in our fullness of what yes. we have to offer. You said something and I want to end on that. You know, I'm about to say it's my bedtime. I know she got to go to bed. Uh, but you, I want to end on this. And I'm not giving you this based on how I feel like you deserve it. I'm giving you this based on I know it's right. Mm. Yeah. I know it's right. To give it to you. I'm not giving it to you based on whether or not you deserve it. I'm giving you what I'm giving you based on I know it's right to give it to you. That's good. Right? Scripture, the scripture, I just tell you, scripture says, God says, um, when in the scripture, when God says, How can you love me that you've never seen? But the brother and sister. Every day. How can I love you? How can I love him that I've never seen so intensely? And then be shallow with you. The two don't add up. So I can't be, I can't be all out and I'm in church and I'm quoting all this and I'm quoting all this scripture. And that don't show up in the intensity of how I love you. If I love God the way I say I love God, then baby, when you experience me, you ought to experience the residue and volume of the love that I have for God. And I don't give that to you predicated on you deserve it i give it to you because i understand who you are to me that's good i understand who you are to me and then i'm gonna shower you with what i'm getting out of the reserves of him so that i can speak be do and be a part of your life that's good that's good we're gonna we're gonna pass the offering plate right there uh, boom, let's, boom. Take, let's take a let's, we ain't dropping no, we don't drop mics but we're gonna uh Close, close right there. That was good. That was real, real good. Tell them what's going on at six o'clock in the morning. Coffee and conversations with Lakeisha. Come sip with us at six Essential Standard Time. We're just a community of believers growing in grace through Jesus Christ. Um, we try to rightly divide the word of God, hang out, pray and worship together. And we would love to have you a part of part of our community. So join us and you can replay it later. You can catch it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're on 11 different channels, including Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. You can check, catch us there as well. Yeah, and, and y'all, it's good. If you haven't listened, she's ready. I promise she, she does her homework. 
she prays and they have they have church at six o'clock in the morning it's a good word so y'all check it out you forgot to tell them about your journal oh my prayer journal 30 days of prayer you so sweet 30 days of prayer um get it they've been selling lately like crazy i'm so grateful good um targeting our children's lives um you get a day every day 30 days there's a note section in here um so i'd love to send you copies thank you for those that have already purchased and are giving them as gifts it takes a lot for a person to get someone else access to their platform well i don't like to say platform but to the ministry that they have and then allow them to share theirs so thank you for being that man i appreciate you Oh man, I, I don't give nothing. I'm not willing to give. I mean, what you what you say? I forgot the word, but you know what I was talking about. Yeah. But yeah, let's do that. Listen, I'm working on something because uh, Lakeisha and I only have a couple of weeks, and we'll have to see what the Lord says after that. But I'm working on something for all males. I'm working on something for all black men. So if you, I, I got, I'm, I'm looking for some men that want to be a part of a podcast, and uh, okay. so I'm, I'm really looking for that. So y'all get ready for that. But listen, I'm getting ready to go. I was going to do an after party tonight and hang out. You know, a little bit after ten, and talk for some more, kind of do open mic night. But I'm good. <laughs> I'm full. I've had a good <laughs> night. I want to deal with that environment piece, you know, a little bit more. But uh, yeah, Penn maybe next week. Next yeah, maybe next week. Cause we got to control that. We got to control our eye gates, ear gates, and bad yeah. advice, and all those types of things. Yeah, so, make sure you ain't got yeah. no board, no board of advisors. Yeah, that, yeah, that you gotta be there. careful. Right. You got people that have your best interest at heart. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? And, you know, somebody that. But that's good. That's good. We out of here. As I leave every week, I say the same thing. The world is changing. My question for you is why do you remain the same? Y'all have a good night. And Lakeisha and I will see y'all next week. Y'all be good. Bye.